Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. And yes, I'm back from the brief hiatus that I took last week to spend some time hanging out with my family. Specifically, my wife and I uh, spent about the last 10 days or so with our four grandchildren. And our four grandchildren range in age from uh, four years to 14 years old. And it has been absolutely a great time with them. And I must give a shout out to our youngest daughter, who without her help, there's no way that her mom and I could have been able to have successfully pulled this off um, with two teenagers and then two um, uh, elementary school age or one preschooler and one elementary school age um, kid. So uh, we just had a great time um, and still they're with us for one more day and then they go back home um, tomorrow to be with their parents. But nonetheless, it's just been wonderful. And it just amazes me how God does all things so, so well. And what do I mean by that? Well, for most of the time that our grandchildren were here with us in Georgia, on our morning men's Bible study, uh, we have been reading the book of Joshua. And so, as most of you already know, Joshua succeeded Moses as the leader of the children of Israel. And it was Joshua who actually led the children of Israel into the promised land. And so over these past 10 days, while I was observing my grandchildren interacting with each other and interacting with us, I couldn't help but be in awe of God's manifold blessings and marvel over how faithful God is to his promises. And I will tell you, I was witnessing and experiencing firsthand God's blessings over the three generations uh, that were together um, um, this past um, this past weekend, just three generations. And it was it was just it was incredible to watch. It was, of course, my wife and myself, my daughter and then our grandchildren or her nieces and her nephews. And so it was just it was amazing. And what was so amazing about it is certainly in Western culture, we tend to think about the here and now. We tend to think about the immediate. We live in what many might call a microwave society. Um, simply put, we want things now. We want it. We don't want to wait. We don't want it to process, but we want to put it in and, and instantly have it. We live in a society with so much about our careers and uh, about our jobs. And what about this next move or this next opportunity or this next big, you know, big break or this next big deal? But if we reflect, and it's not that long ago that there was a time, however, when people used to think beyond themselves, they used to care about things just beyond themselves and how it affected them and theirs, but how it affected everybody. And they had to think about generations, the people that would come behind them, not just their children, but their grandchildren and their great grandchildren, even their great, great grandchildren. Right. And so farmers, let's think about farming. 
Uh, I know my parents, my dad in particular was a sharecropper. His dad was a sharecropper. And so they had to think about farming to clear the land for with consideration of the children who would farm it after them. And certainly as owners of land, when they became owners of land, that was a big deal. And that's why they had large families so that you could have people to farm the land. But we as a modern uh, society, and particularly in, in modern America, we tend to think of only our own life. And if marriage and children are a part of the picture, we may think about our children and perhaps even our grandchildren, but it really doesn't go any further than that. But what was so amazing to me about the book of Joshua and what it reminded me of, even as I was looking at my grandchildren interact with each other and with my daughter and with us and, and just how we were spending time together, is what, what Joshua reminded me of is that God thinks in terms of generations. God doesn't just think about the here and now, but everything that God does, it is for generations to come. And so God had generations in mind, even from the beginning. How do we know? Genesis chapter 17, verses six through seven. I'll start there. And actually God promised Abram before he became Abraham. He promised Abram in chapter 12, but I want to go to Genesis chapter 17, verses six through seven, which was God's covenant with Abraham. Verses six through seven, Genesis uh, chapter 17, verses six through seven in the New King James Version reads, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And that's how God operates. God is looking at generations when God promises. He's not just promising you, but God has everyone who will come through your bloodline, everyone who will come through your generations. God is thinking not just about today or tomorrow, but God is thinking generations from now. And so how do we know this? And I want to read one other one. Psalm 78 verses one through four. And I love how the New Living Translation reads. So I'll read this one from the New Living Translation. Psalm 78 verses one through four. And it reads, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories of our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord and about his power and his mighty wonders. So here what the psalmist is saying, the psalmist is saying, hey, this we have to tell our children what God has done and how God has blessed and what God has done through the ages. And we're not going to hide this from them, but we will make a point of telling our children what the Lord has done and how great and awesome it is. And so you see, family, it is imperative as we are in this 21st century, as we are in 2023, halfway now through and heading towards the back half of the year, that we instruct our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren in the word of the Lord. Why? We can't be slack in teaching them God's statutes and God command and God's commandments. We cannot be fearful of the backlash that we might get from the world because we're remaining true to what thus says the Lord, right? 
Why? Because God's blessings and what God has in store for us is so much greater than what the world has to offer. Even though the world may be promising you glitz and glamour and fame and fortune and the world may be saying, do your own thing and live your best life. But you see, sometimes your best life is not the life that God has intended for you. And God knows what your best life is. God knows what my best life is. God knows what our family's best life is. And so it's imperative that we live our lives, we teach our children, we live our lives according to the word of God. And what assurances do we have about the truth that's in God's word? And this this um, this chapter always comes to mind when I think about the blessings. It's, it's Deuteronomy chapter 28. And so I'm going to read just the first um, six verses and then I'll make a comment on it. But it's Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses one through six, uh, the New King James Version. And it says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations on the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Well, what are these blessings that Moses is talking about? Here's some of the blessings. Chapter, uh, number, um, verse number three, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. And I'll stop right there. And there are a few more. But in essence, what the Lord is saying is when you keep my statutes, when you keep my commandments, there is a promise that's attached to it. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll bless will be the fruit of your body. And that's where I got stuck. That's where I got stuck for these last 10 days. Blessed is the fruit of your body. As I was watching my grandchildren and I was watching some of them and I saw some of the same traits and characteristics that were in their mom, right? In their moms, because these are my twins uh, kids. My uh, my son is, son is only four months old, so he wasn't here this trip. But I was just watching the fruit of my body through my children, now that's in my grandchildren. And it just so, I was I, I was in awe. And so anybody who's a grandparent who's spending time with their kids, I know can relate to this, but even us as parents can somewhat relate when our kids become mature and older and we begin to see some of our traits in them, right? And so I couldn't help but just feel tremendously blessed um, these past several days. And, and I was literally overwhelmed at the blessings of the Lord. And so then it caused me to reflect on my childhood. And now I remember, let me go back to Deuteronomy chapter 20, just for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 28, where it talks about the blessings. Deuteronomy chapter 28 has 68 verses, 68 verses in Deuteronomy 28. The first 14 talk about the blessings of the Lord. The next 54 talk about the curses. What happens when we don't keep God's statutes and when we don't keep God's commandments? And so that's what I want us to understand is that there are promises, both pro and con, promises of favor and blessings when we keep God's commandments. But then there are promises when we don't keep 
God's commandments and curses that are attached to it. So again, it's so imperative that we do this. And that's what caused me to reflect on my childhood when I was remembering what my dad would say to my brother and me. My dad would say, don't do as I say, do as I don't do as I do, do as I say, don't do as I do, do as I say. And even as a young boy, that made no sense to me. And I distinctly remember as a young boy saying to the Lord, Lord, if you give me a family, please give me the strength not to be hypocritical. Hypocritical meaning false, insincere, two-faced, living one way in front of somebody else and doing something in another, right? Don't help me, Lord, not to be hypocritical in my walk with you in front of my family, with my family, with my life. Because you see, family, my heart's desire was for me not to be, and it still is, that is my heart's desire, is for me not to be a hindrance or a stumbling block for my family to come to know the love of God and the saving power of Jesus Christ because they see hypocrisy or they see me saying one thing but doing another. And that is what so drives me to be the man of God that God is calling me to be because God has been too good to me and to my family not to pursue his statutes and pursue his commandments because I am seeing now and I'm experiencing now firsthand the favor and the blessings that go with doing what thus says the Lord. And you see, family, what has so um, literally at several times through these past 10 days brought me to tears is that the Lord answered that prayer. And it has manifested itself in really simple ways in my life with my wife. When we started having children, we made basically four promises to each other. The first promise was that God was and still is the center of our lives. Every blessing, we give the glory to God. Every decision, we pray and ask God for his direction. Every crisis, we sought the we sought and still seek God's comfort and strength to help us through. So we don't do anything without first seeking the Lord and being on one accord. And then the second thing my wife and I promised each other is that we would never allow our children to pit us against one another in front of them. Now, she may do something that I disagree with. I know I've done things that she's disagreed with. But in front of our children, they never saw disunity between us as it pertained to them. Now, we would have some serious discussions behind closed doors and we would discuss that matter. But the children were nowhere around and nowhere in sight. And then we pre presented a united front to our children in terms of the direction that we wanted them to go. And then number three, again, if I said to my children, I promise, if they got me to say, dad, do you promise? And I said, I promise to my children, they knew they could count on it to happen because it was important for them to know that our word is our bond and to honor your word. And so when my children got me to say, I promise, it was a sure thing unless something I mean, really major life and death, something beyond control. But for the most part, my children knew that if they got me to tell them, I promise you, we will do this. They knew that it was going to happen and they could rest assured. And for them, finally, practical things, family, it's not deep, but really practical. If I messed up, I fessed up. You got it? If I messed up, M-E-S-S-E-D, I fessed up, F-E-S-S-E-D, I owned it. I took responsibility for my actions. I took responsibility for my wrongs. And if I did something wrong to my children, 
I went to them and apologized to them and said, I'm sorry. And so what that allowed them to see, number one, is you own it. And number two, when you mess up, it's okay to own it and then go back and correct it. And so again, I know it sounds simple, but you must understand, family, my goal was and still is as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as an uncle, as a man of God. My goal is to not be a hindrance or a stumbling block to people coming to know who God is, the love of God and the saving power of Jesus Christ because of something I've done. And with that in mind, God was always reminding me, always reminding me as I was raising my children and now as I'm interacting with my grandchildren, God is always and what's always reminding me that I'm impacting generations, that generations that will come from my wife's and my wife's loins and my loins would be impacted by the decisions and the choices that we make. And now, family, I'm beginning to see the fruit, to spend these last 10 days experiencing the fruit of our labor, the fruit of our prayers, the fruit of our love, the fruit of our um, sacrifices. It's amazing and it is overwhelming. I bless God for what he's doing in my family and through my life. And I pray that you would see the same and do the same and pursue. Because you see, family, God thinks generationally. He desires for us to think generationally as well, but he's requiring us to act presently. He's requiring us to make decisions now, in this moment, in this hour, in this day, that will impact generations to come. Understanding that what we do now will impact the generations that come after us. And like Joshua, it is up to us to lead our progeny, to lead our children, to lead our descendants, to lead our offsprings into the promises that God has in store for our families. That is our responsibility. That is our charge. That is the charge of us in this generation, regardless of what's going on in the world around us, regardless of what the world says is right and good and proper, regardless of what the world says is okay. We must look to the statutes and the commandments that are found in the word and be like Joshua to be unwavering, unyielding, and to lead our people into what God has promised for us. So remember family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.